welcome to the first episode of the Top 5 Report. For the next hour or so, and going forward each and every week, we'll be discussing everything from movies and television, to comic books, to video games, and anything else that might catch our fanboy attention. We'll cap off each and every episode with a discussion of our Top 5 Favorite something. I am your host, Drew, along with me in this weekly adventure is my partner in crime, my brother in the force, Peter. Hey, how's it going? Also joining us, as he will be each week as we scour the interwebs for topics to discuss, our producer extraordinaire, Ryan. Hello, everyone. All right, guys. First episode. Here we are. You excited? Very. Great. (laughs) All right. So I think, Peter, one of the things we need to do is explain to our listeners and to Ryan why we think we're qualified to talk about anything we're going to discuss, whether it be movies or comic books. Um, so do you want to go first, talk about some of the things you're into, your fandoms? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I consider myself a writer. Um, I write and create my own comic books. Um, and because of that, I think it brings a bigger appreciation to all the movies and stories that we love and seeing them, um, come to life, you know? Okay. Well, with that being said, (laughs) are there certain areas that you focus on? Are you like, Hey... Superman's my favorite, or you know what I mean? Like, so we understand, because I think we need to understand some of the bias opinions. So when I come to the table and oh, say, you sure. know what, I liked this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, um, so uh, if you want to go with biases, I'm a huge DC Comics fan. Uh, Superman has been uh, my favorite superhero for a long time, um, as well as most of the, I guess it was growing up with the Bruce Timm universe, if you if you want to call it that, uh all the Batman animated series, Justice League, Superman the animated series. Growing up with them, I think, helped foster my appreciation of that. I do love um, a lot of Marvel characters, too, but that is a definite bias of mine, is uh, DC movies. Um, And then otherwise... I'm trying to think about... I'm definitely more into Star Wars than Star Trek. Uh, At this point, (laughs) I hate to say that there's a kind of a battle line between Star Wars and Star Trek, but I feel like the line has shifted in Star Wars' favor heavily right now, and but mm-hmm. that's a discussion way down the road, not to say there's anything wrong with Star Trek. <laughs> um, personally, for me, Batman is my all-time favorite. If I had to choose between Marvel and DC, it would be DC, but it's not because I don't like the characters. It's more of a... I preferred those that side of the coin the two major comic book companies marvel versus dc i've always just preferred dc i've read tons of marvel and marvel what they're doing in their movies is great they're doing the lord's work if you will Mm -hmm. it's fantastic all of it's amazing so um understanding that and and looking at it on that aspect i just prefer the dc universe over marvel um but we'll be talking about both as we (laughs) as we go anyway um and then, as far as like other things go, I'm into almost anything, whether it be video games, whether it be Star Wars, whether it be um, uh, board games. You know, when you say you're a gamer and you're telling me you play Madden, Call of Duty, I don't really count that as gaming. <laughs> but if you're but if you're telling me you're a gamer and you play everything from Legend of Zelda <laughs> to tabletop Dungeons and Dragons to you know Mega Man to you know what I mean to Mario Brothers yeah. and it's all over the spectrum. That's a gamer. <laughs> I, I would probably just, like, I still consider them, like, if somebody strictly plays Madden or uh, Call of Duty a gamer, but I think I appreciate the opinion of somebody who's willing to give everything a try, and that's kind of the way right. that I feel. Um, right, which 
is an, an, a really nice segue, actually, for the reason we're doing this show. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Um, Peter and I discussed a lot about how there is way too much negativity on the internet. A movie comes out, and the internet and the critics go absolutely crazy in ripping the movie apart. And I think a lot of movies get an unfair advantage. Um, I feel like it's movies more than anything. Everyone just whines and moans and complains. And it's too much negativity. And I and it drives me nuts when I see a Rotten Tomatoes score that's so low. And I watch the movie and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? This movie's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, Rotten Tomatoes is the... Uh, worst thing that could ever happen to the industry. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, Rotten Tomatoes doesn't exist. I never look at the scores. I never look at the critics' reviews. The most important review in the world is mine. Yeah. I and I am not saying that, that like you have to trust my opinion because I'm doing a podcast. It is me saying it's my personal opinion for me. Mm-hmm. I like this movie because I like this movie and a discussion. I mean, there's many reasons. You know, not every movie's perfect, but I'm not. How about this? If you go to Rotten Tomatoes and you look at the score and it says 50% of the people liked it, that means 50% of the people who were willing to leave a review liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Not 50% of the people trafficking that website. So, you know, that's kind of really skews the, you know, if 10 people left a review and only half of them liked it, that does not encompass the entire yeah. globe of all the people who said that. So. No, I agree. I think a lot of people have these weird expectations with movies where they expect so much from things because we live in such a a rich time in pop culture. We have any comic book movie you want to see. We have multiple different kinds of comic book movies. We have more serious ones, more funny ones. We have such a variety. We have live action Lord of the Rings and new Star Wars movies being made. We live in a gold mine of this nerd culture right now. And people have this big tendency to just talk down about stuff right away where they'll say like a movie's a dumpster fire like for example how many times have you heard somebody say suicide squad is a dumpster fire but i saw i saw i'm gonna only i'll sorry to interrupt but i saw um a review for suicide squad that said if you don't like someone in your life buy them a ticket to suicide squad and I thought to myself, did you see the same movie I saw? Because I thought Suicide well, Squad was fairly decent. Well, for me, it comes back to the creators, too, because I'm sitting there and I'm like, do you know how many people worked on this movie? How many artists worked on the character design, worked on like, the makeup? No how much one, no one goes into a movie. Into no one goes into a movie and says, let's make a Z-list movie. <laughs> exactly. And, and, well, people just aren't grateful for it. Like, you get to see some cool stuff, and maybe you didn't like every aspect of the movie, but there's still... Th- parts you liked of it i'm sure i think when it comes to comic books and uh star wars specifically (laughs) because star wars has become a problem in terms of the internet negativity um late as of late but i think that um we have grown up with these things and we love them so much we've taken an ownership and we get very defensive if it's not what we want it to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been many times that someone told me that they didn't like Batman, and I was like, hold on a second. Like, I felt <laughs> that I had to turn around and, like, set them straight. And that's not what I want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, to each his own, as far as I'm concerned. If you don't like it, that's fine. Just don't rag on something I like. This right. is We should all be, like, embracing this. We should be bowing down to the film companies and saying, thank you for giving me this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because... 
I'm sorry, every day I wake up and there's a new news about some movie that I'm really excited about. And we'll get to that later because yeah. there's some really cool stuff that dropped. And then there's one item that I wasn't really thrilled to hear about, but I'm kind of sketchy about. So, well, I think um, it's also the negativity I think has uh, kind of been affecting sometimes my excitement for things. Cause I remember years ago, I'd be so excited about all these new big announcements for really cool m- properties and movies that I'm passionate about. But the fact that everybody's crapping all over everything now, sometimes it can take your excitement away. So that's why I do appreciate hanging out with uh, Drew and uh, people like us who try to find the positive aspects of things because it really makes me more excited about the things right, I love. Right, exactly. You know? And that's the and what's <laughs> interesting about that is when Peter and I decided to do this show, we realized that we're going to be talking about this stuff anyway. Why aren't we recording it? you know we go to like how many thanksgivings have we been to where we've been like you know someone's been like seriously we're talking about star wars already (laughs) like you know what i mean so um yeah that social barrier drops at family gatherings and that's how it happens so Mm -hmm. um all right so let's talk spoilers for a second um i don't want to release an episode and someone like hit us up on an email and freak out like oh my god you ruined the movie for me Mm -hmm. so this is my spoiler policy, and I'm going to like lay it on the table for you, and you tell me what you think. We're always going to warn our listeners when we need to talk spoilers. Um, if we're ruining a movie for you, feel free to skip ahead. Feel free to not listen. We understand. However, let me tell you this story. A few years back, I found out that a cousin of ours was a cousin of mine from the married side um, was watching through the Star Wars movies for the very first time. She's never seen them. I don't know where she is in the saga of Star Wars <laughs> movies, but she's watching through them for the very first time. I wasn't shocked that she hadn't seen them. I was more like, oh, cool, let's talk about them when you get a chance. And I'm sitting at a party, and I'm in a Star Wars heated Star Wars debate with someone. <laughs> and I had to make a point, and I said, okay, so like in that scene in Return of the Jedi, when Darth Vader dies... And I had to pause because over my shoulder I heard, hey, I haven't got that far yet. (laughs) Thanks a lot. And I turned and I felt really bad for about 30 seconds. And then I thought to myself, the movie's 30 years old. You have no right to complain. That's on you, not Mm -hmm. me, for not understanding that you knew that. Yeah, it's one of those things. I'd be surprised if... I'm surprised she didn't know Darth Vader died and I'd be surprised if... She didn't know his identity just through, you know, the collective consciousness. Right. It's kind of like growing up, everybody knows that Dracula is a vampire. But back when that book first came out, nobody had any idea until they read it. It's the same thing, but does it ruin the story? Not really. There's tons of stuff to enjoy in there anyway. Right. So, um, so as much as we're going to do our best to be positive about almost anything we talk about, we're going to do our best to be cognizant of spoiler territory however with that being said we're recording these episodes on thursdays we that's our intended plan to always record (laughs) on a thursday right and the intended plan is to try and post by monday morning right that's the idea Mm -hmm. so with that said any movie that we discuss we're already a week behind Mm -hmm. so we've had time to process our listeners have had time to see it when you look at the box office dollars for Avengers Infinity War, the amount of people, the amount of money that movie made, if you tell me you didn't see the movie, well, that's on you. Because as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, that number shows everyone else saw the movie. <laughs> that's true. And uh, so, another cool aspect of it is 
even if you're late to seeing the movie, just save the podcast episode. Just be like, I'm going to save oh, this absolutely. until I do. Because if you see it super late, nobody's going to want to talk about the late movie anyways. Right. And so then the, you'll, you can have us be your virtual friends who talk about the movie. Yes, and there's, <laughs> you know? there's been plenty of podcasts in the yeah. past that I have saved going, mm-hmm. oh, i got to wait until the end of the weekend because I'm seeing that movie early. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Or as um, Drew said, just skip. Skip a couple minutes. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's it's completely understandable. Um, All right, Pete. Let's talk about the intended policy. Intended. Sorry, not intended policy. The intended (laughs) format. Okay. Okay. So each and every week, we will uh, start with news that has caught our attention and things that we are excited about, maybe not excited about, maybe wary about, whatever the case may be. when we talk news, once we're done with that, we're going to do a top five listing of something. Every week will be a different <laughs> top five list, and um, it'll be determined each week for the week before. So, for example, like the top five list we're doing tonight is going to be the top five movies from 2018 thus far. I thought this would be a great first list to do, specifically because the movie's the sorry, the movie the year is half over, mm-hmm. and we. Uh, there's been a large handful of movies. Some of them are great. Some of them have not been so great. Um, but we're going to discuss our favorites so far. And then hopefully down the road when we get to the end of the year, we're going to look at the year as a whole and we can reference back to this original list, which will be awesome. Mm-hmm. With that said, um, at the end of the episode, Peter's <coughs> going to tell us what our next week list next week's (laughs) list is and i actually have no idea what it is so uh, it'll be a surprise for me um so let's start with the news um sounds good so dc comics has announced they're gonna have a streaming app um this got me really excited because years ago marvel started this thing called marvel unlimited and it was a subscription app where you paid like I think it was like ten bucks a month, and it was unlimited comics to read digitally. As long as you paid for it, you could just read comics. So you want to read Spider Man, mm-hmm. you just pay your ten bucks a month, and you just read as much Spider Man as you want. You want to go read Iron Man, it doesn't matter. What was cool about that is when they announced a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy, and everyone went, "What's Guardians of the Galaxy?" <laughs> Anyone who had that app could just go into Marvel yeah. and just read through Guardians of the Galaxy and mm-hmm. find out what that's about. DC's new app is going to be, and this is where I got excited because because I'm a DC fan, and they have your Batman the Animated Series and the Justice League Animated Series, mm-hmm. and you have your old films and your new films, and you have the TV shows on the CW. Um, DC was going to create this streaming app, and they're going to take all their content and put it on there, yes. right? So I'm thinking to myself, this will be cool because yeah. it's all in one place. Oh, yeah. But... Because I'm a DC fan, I've been slowly collecting everything. <laughs> yeah. I actually thought that I would be more excited about this than you because I know of how big of a collection you actually have and right. most of it you already own. So. Right. So I own almost everything and I've been slowly piecing together this massive collection of DC content, whether it be live action or animated. Um, however, one piece of news that I thought was interesting is they said they're going to add comics to this. Yeah, I kind of like awesome. the Marvel Unlimited. So I'm going to have the streaming content where I can watch the shows if I want. So if I'm stuck in an airport and I need to, you know, mm-hmm. watch a show or whatever, I can pull it up my tablet or if my phone. You just got to watch Arrow climb the salmon ladder while you're waiting in line at the airport. <laughs> exactly, because <laughs> sometimes you need yeah. to. Um, but when you look at that, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. However, the fact that they're going to have comics on there too, now. They have not really said that 
what is all going to be there in terms of comics. Is it going to be a, how big the library is? Yeah. If it's going to be like number ones, maybe that's not worth it. If it's going to be a building thing and they're going to have like, you know, I think they should have the trade versions um, okay. on there. So for those of you who don't know what a trade version is, um, an issue of a comic book is what? 28, 20, 30 pages. I think it's usually time. like 22 or so okay. at this point. Yeah. It's something like that. It's like 20 some pages. And what they'll do is they'll release one a month. Then what they'll do is when they get to the end of a story arc, so a story arc could be anywhere from 6 to 12 issues, mm-hmm. maybe longer, but what they'll do is they'll take all those issues, collect them into a volume, and release what we now also call a graphic novel. So... Um, I think what would be really cool for the app is if they released the trade versions, the graphic novel versions, which is the collected issues, so I could read it like a book as opposed to single issues. Um, I think that'd be better for their volume if they're going to just have like, you know, they could have volume one of everything on there for like six months. Yeah. And then, you know, they've got to have a good, yeah. But it's got to be some kind of a library. If Um, it's all first issues, that'll be frustrating. Hopefully they have some sort of easy to use user in- interface where you can once you're at the end of an issue you can just click something and go to the next right issue. on their website it was very vague mm-hmm. but um and we'll talk about this a little more later but comic-con's coming up so i'm hoping dc has more news on oh it. for sure yeah. so um i also thought it was cool that it seems like there's uh, somewhat of a social network involved in it so it looks like they want you to start interacting with dc fans in your area whether it be hardcore fans, cosplayers, just people you want to talk about the books with. So I think that's really awesome, too. But the comics I wasn't expecting, was super pumped for that. I wasn't expecting the comics either, and that's what really kind of turned it around for mm -hmm. me. So Yeah, and I'm very excited about uh, all the, just the TV shows and movies, because I don't own it all, and certain series I haven't watched all of, so I think it's going to be Well, you know, as much as I own it, (coughs) there is something to be said about the laziness of just clicking a button and watching an episode of Batman as opposed to getting off my couch and putting in a disc and (laughs) grabbing another remote and, you know, so, um, since we're on comics, uh, because we're talking about DC, we do have a, one piece of sad news, um, and it's kind of weird that we got to talk a down point on the first episode, but, um... We have many creators that have created these characters we like. Um, And some of them are getting up there. If anyone, I mean, I don't know how you couldn't at this point know who Stan Lee is when you look at all the Marvel movies that have been out. I mean, what, 22 movies in 10 years? (laughs) Um, And Stan Lee's in all of them. Everyone should know who Stan Lee is. And we're kind of at a point where we look at him as like Uncle Stan. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And if you read his Twitter feed, it's really funny when he says, you know, good night, true believers. And you're like, oh, good night, Stan. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But one of the pioneers of the comic book industry that that has been around since Stan Lee's beginning, Mm -hmm. um, Steve Ditko, um, has recently passed away. And for those of you who don't know who Steve Ditko is, he was the code creator of Spider-Man. He created Doctor Strange. He created the Watchmen for DC. He's worked with both companies back and forth. But it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's huge. And his artwork is iconic. And if you really want a good artwork, if you really want to see Steve Ditko's work, go look at Amazing Fantasy 15. That's the first appearance of Spider-Man. You can find that reprint of that book almost anywhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because anytime they need to show off Spider-Man, you'll find it almost anywhere so yeah i know he was also uh known as just a really good storyteller um there's 
there's one issue of Spider-Man where I know he's, like, crushed by a... I think it's a water tower or something. And the whole issue, it's, like, him battling with, like, can he get out from under this water tower? And it's all told with very small panels until, like, the end when he actually gets the strength to lift up the water up. tower. And it's, and like, then, a full-page spread. Yeah, and what's that. crazy about that <laughs> image is that they keep beating us over the head with it. Right. Marvel consistently <laughs> brings that image over and yeah. over and over again. Well, because it's so powerful. And it happened, a, you know? Right, it is. And um, I guess that's an interesting point to talk about the comic book code. Um, when they do repeats of things, uh, whether it be Spider-Man lifting the water tower or reminding you that Batman's parents got killed or reminding you that Superman came from a right. Krypton and got destroyed, the comic book code is always... They're always thinking that the next comic book could... The next issue released could be someone's first, and you never know who's reading that issue mm-hmm. as their first issue. So they always have to find a way of reminding the reader where these characters came <laughs> right. from. So, um, but no, it's it's sad to lose Steve lose Steve Ditko to from the industry. But he was ninety. He lived a huge life, and we wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for him. Mm-hmm. Like we wouldn't have the movies today if it wasn't for him. Like art wouldn't have evolved like this. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's cool so. to see because I know he. Um, I think he felt like he was kind of screwed over by Marvel a little bit. Um, Almost and all of, the creators. Yeah, were screwed over. and and he kind of became a. Uh, recluse in later in later years uh but it, it's really cool to see him really honored and everybody remember yeah so no and there's been a lot of stuff on social media and whatnot of them talking about it so it's just awesome so um steve you will be missed <laughs> um so let's uh shift gears real quick and talk some star wars that <laughs> sounds good um and I this we're gonna we're gonna work on our segues in future to, episodes. To be honest, <laughs> I don't follow a lot of Star Wars news because I want to be surprised when the movie comes out. So so we'll see what I have Star to say. Wars news is a real fickle place of the internet right now. Um, the Last Jedi was somewhat well received and somewhat not well received, and it's really interesting to see how everyone's reacting to the Last Jedi because there's tons of negativity and. I get that, and I think it's because people were upset that Luke Skywalker had, you know, given him, given up the Force. He's clo- He'd closed himself off to the Force. I get that, but if you watch the movie and pay real close attention, you can see why they explain it, and then in dialogue they show why he came back. Like, it's very mm-hmm. clear as to the journey of Luke Skywalker. And I thought it was such a powerful movie, and it's a very amazing... And I thought it was a great film, but... The majority of the internet seems to disagree with me, <laughs> which is fine. Um, the issue about Star Wars is, is I've discovered that there's lots of rumors floating around about random things. So I can talk to you about things I know for a fact have been confirmed by Lucasfilm, and I'll kind of run through a quick list of what they are. But what we do know is that one of the things I wanted to bring up was there's a rumored Boba Fett movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're doing these. Stand- they have the saga films, and yeah, then they yeah. have the standalone films. <laughs> saga films being episodes one through nine, standalone films being Rogue One and Solo. Mm-hmm. Now, the Boba Fett movie has been a rumor for a long time, and in my personal opinion, he's one of the last characters I would want a standalone film for because there's a mystery behind the character. He looks awesome in a costume. There's no argument there. And I know that's why everyone likes they want to see that outfit doing cool stuff. However, because there's a mystery, sometimes when you tell a story like that, you'll take away the mystery from the character. 
And that's something that I've always wanted to keep about Boba Fett. Like, yeah. let him be that cool guy in the corner. Make him a supporting character in a standalone movie, but don't make him, you know, the main focus For because sure. it might take away from what the character really is. And then, man, you want to see the internet really go crazy? Let's um, let's mess up Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so with that being said, um, Joe Manganold, if I pronounce his name right, I'm probably wrong, but he directed the Logan movie. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about like Joe Manganiello or something no, for a second. Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, he directed the Logan film, which Logan oh, okay, was right, yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest comic book movies there is. Ryan, have you seen that yet? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Ryan, he was telling me a couple days ago that he has a watch Logan. And it's so mm-hmm. good. Um, but he was rumored by the Hollywood Reporter to be writing and directing yeah. the Boba Fett standalone movie. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know anything about Hollywood industry, the Hollywood Reporter, in my opinion, is the high school newspaper of <laughs> nice. the film industry. Yeah. So they write this article about how he's going to helm the Boba Fett film. Mm-hmm. And then he and then Joel Manganold goes on Twitter and says, I don't know what you guys are talking about, <laughs> which yeah. means he doesn't know, which means there's no Boba Fett <laughs> movie, which means as far there as probably isn't a Boba Fett movie, probably. Yeah. But here's the thing. When it comes to Star Wars, Star Wars specifically, more than any other company, if it doesn't come from the horse's mouth, it's okay. not true. Mm-hmm. If Lucasfilm doesn't say anything, it's not a real thing. Right. And, like, I'll listen to a podcast and they'll talk about Lucasfilm, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you can't. Mm. That's not how this works. Lucasfilm hasn't said anything. It's not real. <laughs> yeah. So I tend to not believe anything unless Lucasfilm confirms it. I think that's a good way and to That's go. just how I do it. Um, if it doesn't say Micro Machines, then it's not the real thing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I just, that's the thing is, like, if it doesn't, it's got to come from the source. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the internet, when you see a Hollywood Reporter reports this, well, the Hollywood Reporter, what's their source? Mm-hmm. And if their source doesn't pan out to be a Lucasfilm employee, what's their source? <laughs> it's, it's, I honestly never see Hollywood Reporter stuff, but I, I think it's, it pops up every now and then, and I'm like, come on, source, but right? That's funny. So, with that being said, as of right now, in my opinion, there is no Star, Wars, there is no Boba Fett movie for Star Wars. If there is one, awesome, my butt's gonna be in a seat for it because I just want to see all Star Wars. It doesn't yeah. matter. So, if they're making one, great. If not, that's fine, too. Like I I'd said, honestly, I, think he sh- I think he should be a supporting character. But I Yeah, I feel the same way. I'd honestly like to see him maybe come in uh, one of the solo sequels, if those are ever made. Oh, yeah. Um, like, for example, one of my favorite characters is uh, Jabba the Hutt, and I would love it if they did, like, a Jabba the Hutt origin movie or just a movie focused on him. But All right. So, that's probably not going to happen. So, real quick, let's talk spoilers, because the end of the... Han Solo movie, we all thought that Kira was going to contact Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan has not seen oh, Solo yet. Okay. <laughs> um, That's what so I, we'll I be really quiet. Hoping. We all thought we, Kira was going to make a phone call to someone else. And I was really she... hoping Jabba was going to make an appearance, but... Like, they're probably not going to do a Jabba solo film because that's just maybe too out there for people like that. No, I think, I think that's the film that everyone wants to see. You think I so? think everyone was expecting Jabba the Hutt in the solo movie. No, but I don't think everybody wants like a Jabba origin film. Okay, we don't want a Jabba origin <laughs> film. Oh, Jabba solo movie, as in yeah. Jabba by himself, not Jabba and mm-hmm. Han Solo. I understand now. But I guess like what I was trying to... I know there's a lot of Boba Fett fans. I sometimes think he's a little bit overrated, but in general, I think that uh, I'm cool with what they've been giving me. Like I've liked most of the new movies, so... 
I'm cool with waiting waiting to see All what right. happens. Because I'd, I'd really like to see an Obi-Wan movie, and I don't know if that's going to well, happen. Well, that apparently is on the table, but Lucasfilm hasn't officially said Obi-Wan. Right. You know, um, we have Comic-Con coming up. I mentioned that. Star Wars, I don't think is going to show up at all. The issue, I also wonder so, if they do an Obi-Wan movie, if... I feel like a lot of what they could do that would be really epic, I feel like the Clone Wars or Rebels has already done. Yeah, and that's there's a chance they have. So here's what has been officially confirmed from Lucasfilm that I can guarantee that Lucasfilm has said so. They've talked about it on their website. They've posted their own stuff on social media. So we have the Disney app is coming next year in 2019, and it will have... um, a live-action television series written and directed by John Favreau. We for don't, Star Wars. For Star or, Wars. Okay. For Star Wars. We don't know exactly what the show is going to be, but John Favreau specifically says that the show is exclusive to the app. There is going to be a new animated series. So we've had the two animated uh, series already. Clone right? Wars. Yeah, Resistance. Yeah. We've already had Clone Wars. We've already had Rebels. Resistance is going to air on uh, Disney XD. I'm very excited for that because the artwork looks awesome. I've only seen um, one image of it, of BB-8, but I know they said I, they were... I saw one of an X-Wing. Okay, because uh-huh. um, I know they said they were trying to do more of a 2D uh, anime-inspired style, so I think that right. will be really cool. Um, the Resistance will take place between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, so it'll be the building of uh, probably mm-hmm. the First Order getting its legs and you know, right. that kind of thing. Um, Ryan Johnson has been tasked to write and direct, sorry, write, produce, and direct the first of three Star Wars movies of a new trilogy of somewhere in the Star Wars mythos that we've never seen. Something completely brand new. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's for sure. And, this is something I thought was interesting, uh, David Benenhoff and D.B. Weiss from Game of Thrones, the showrunners of Game of Thrones, have been signed with Lucasfilm to write and produce a whole nother trilogy <laughs> That's awesome. for Star Wars. Now, no one knows anything about that, and I have a feeling they're not going to talk about it until Game of Thrones is done. Nice. Uh, and since they only have one more season left, they're probably staying quiet about their Star Wars <laughs> things until that's over. Nice. But if it was me at the Helmet Lucasfilm, I would be like, hey, you guys are really good with source material, and you're really good with handling history because of your work on Game of Thrones go do the Knights of the Old Republic and tell yeah, that's tell cool. the story of the Sith Empire and how they fell a thousand years before episode one. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, and I couldn't think of two guys better to tackle that era of Star mm-hmm. Wars. But um, that's what I know for a fact that Lucasfilm has announced. Awesome. If there's anything else, like the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie has been rumored for a while. I think yeah. we all assume it's coming, but... Yeah, for sure. What can we do? We don't. We know nothing. And Boba Fett has gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth yeah. since Disney bought the prod product. So <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Um, you want to talk about Lando? You brought that up to me. Oh earlier. yeah, for sure. Well, it's just I thought it was cool they announced that Lando is officially um, going to be part of Episode Nine. So yeah, it just kind of neat. It's uh, and Billy D returns to play Lando. So. <laughs> yeah, I almost thought <laughs> that they. Should. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan said he hasn't seen Solo yet. But have he you said seen he... the Last Jedi? Okay, he did said... you like it? Or okay, awesome. The uh, audience can't see you nodding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I almost felt like in the Last Jedi, uh, minor spoilers, I guess, but I felt like 
maybe they should have included Lando in there when Leia was sending out a help signal throughout the galaxy at the end. Um, I don't want to talk missed opportunities, but I do feel that Lando should have been the high roller at the casino. That could have been cool, too. Like, that's Lando, and they never got a chance to hook up with Lando, and then they hook up, obviously, with Benicio Del Toro's character. But yeah. I thought that was... I just think that was a missed opportunity, because if mm-hmm. you listen to how Maz Kanata described the... Um, the high roller. The, the master code breaker. Oh, like, yeah. oh, it's totally Lando, and then yeah. it's not. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. And you're like, what's Justin Thoreau doing in yeah. the Star Wars movie? And I know they... Uh, Ryan Johnson talked about how he didn't want Lando to betray them, but... I mean, they could probably have thought of a different way that that scene would turn out with Billy D. Williams in that role without him actually de- betraying, um, who was it, Finn and Rose at that point? Yeah. Yeah, so without him betraying them, they probably could have just had some stormtroopers stumble upon them and it could turn the right. same, turn out the same way. Well, so. Billy D. returning is awesome, so <coughs> I'm excited to see what that is. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, you want to talk Ant-Man? Yeah, sure. All right, um, so Ant Man just came out. That's the most recent film. I told <laughs> Peter that we had to both see it before we recorded this first episode because I didn't know what we needed to talk right. about. Um, so, as a Marvel movie, this is what move, the twentieth movie <laughs> you in the Marvel. You know the, better than me. I'm pretty but, sure it's the twentieth yeah. film that Marvel has released in the past since 2008. Um, it was another good chapter of the Marvel story. It's all telling yeah. one story. It was it was good. It was fun. I found that I think I liked the first one better. Ooh, that's interesting. That's an um, interesting comparison. The only reason I say I liked the first Ant-Man better is because I feel like there was a novelty to Ant-Man that we were all like, hey, it's Ant-Man. This is going to be kind of interesting. Paul Rudd, like, yeah. you know, no one thought Paul Rudd could play a superhero, and then he was great in the first one, and then you saw him in Civil War, and he was, again, great. And not that he wasn't in this one, but I felt like the novelty of Ant-Man was kind of wore off by the time I saw the movie. That makes sense. And you were kind of already... You were already used to the sort of, like, size-changing fight scenes. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. The movie was a lot of fun. It was great. I had a great time watching it, but I was kind of like, it's not the first one. I felt a little bit like they showed a lot of... A lot of the coolest parts of the movie they showed in the trailers for it. Um, Like, to compare it with uh, Deadpool 2, I actually thought they didn't show much... Of the actual movies for for the, with oh the no trailers. I don't think they should and so compared to compared to Ant Man there was like parts of like the ending like the last scenes and stuff that they showed a lot of in the trailers so I was a little disappointed yeah that, there was but. a lot of Ant Man <laughs> was covered in the trailers but Marvel I don't think has ever truly learned how to make a trailer because <laughs> Spider Man if you watched the final Spider Man trailer for Spider Man Homecoming. From the beginning of the trailer to the end of the trailer was the entire movie in chronological order. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That, I never noticed that, but... So, I'm looking at it going, wow, this is a... Uh, they just ruined the whole movie for me. And that's one that the internet was, in my opinion, kind of justly yeah. complained about, so... Um, but you liked Ant-Man? Oh, I thought it was great. I think I actually liked it a little bit better than the first one, though. Even though I said I was disappointed with knowing certain aspects of different fight scenes in the movie uh, and stuff like that. I really enjoyed how 
I think they really stepped up the, you know, I, I guess they call it like size foo, like all the size changing fight scenes and stuff. <laughs> Especially at the end, they have this super epic chase scene at the end of the movie. Have you seen it, Ryan? I don't know if I'm, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's a really, there's a really epic chase scene. I don't care scene. about that movie. No? Okay. <laughs> Ryan <laughs> would have, Ryan's going to have to watch the entirety of the Marvel franchise, so we can spoil that all we want. <laughs> you should, you should start with Infinity War. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It'd be like the worst place to start. But, um. I think that that last chase scene was amazing, um, as well as some of the other fight scenes, like uh, the wasp shrinking down and running up, knives being thrown at her. And oh, that was like that. sweet. Yeah. Um, um, and unfortunately, in the trailer, when she enlarged the salt shaker, mm-hmm. <laughs> as cool as that was, because it was in the trailer, I was yeah, like, exactly. yeah, here comes the salt shaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Ryan, sure. what happened is... There's a fight scene, and this guy's trying to run out the door, and she grabs a salt shaker and throws it, but then using, like, the tack that she has, it enlarges it so it's, like, as big as the guy, and it, like, he runs into the glass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another thing is I felt like the humor hit home for me a little bit more in this one than the first one, but that's just a personal thing. Like, I understand humor is very personal, but... I think I laughed more in this movie. I think I laughed more in the first one. Okay, fair enough. But I think it's because I was really analyzing the movie maybe a little too much <laughs> okay <laughs> so um but like i said it was great i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. so um nice <laughs> did you have anything else to say on anime? um i think that's about all all right thought, so since we're talking comics now um dc has announced the joker movie yeah this a, i'm i'm very unfamiliar with a joker origin story so i i know this is happening um Right now, I honestly don't know what's going on in the DC universe, so I've kind of been like trying to stay away from it. But right. let's hear what it's about. Okay, so well, is. this is what I this is what I do know, uh, just from re- just from scouring the internet, and like I said, the internet has got a lot of negativity on it. But this is coming like from DC and like the announcements that were made. So they originally said they wanted to do a Joker origin story a long time ago with Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Okay, yeah, now, I heard about that. Now, that's really interesting. You want to take one of the biggest film directors of all and do a Joker origin story? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm all for it because yeah. I'd like to see Scorsese's take. Yeah. But this was coming off of the heels of Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. where you had Jared Leto playing the Joker. Now, not that Jared Leto did a good job or bad job, but in terms of continuity, why would you go to a new actor yeah. when you have a current Joker? Now, I thought Jared Leto was great... I think it's a case of, it's like a case of the studio approaches Martin Scorsese. Hey, we've got this movie. We want it to be kind of like some of your mobster movie stuff. It's going to be great. It's the Joker. We've got this guy to play Joker. And then Scorsese's like, I don't want this guy to play Joker. <laughs> right. So That's probably like, how yeah. that rumor got started. Mm-hmm. But you have in terms of continuity. Now, from what I understand, Jared Leto was like, hold on a second. I'm the Joker. Why are you guys even going to somebody else? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, that whole story of the Joker movie got squashed for a little while and everything went quiet. Mm -hmm. Then there was rumor that they were going to do a Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, again, I have nothing against this, but why are we doing this when we have an actor who's already playing the Joker? And again, Jared Leto spoke up going, hey guys, (coughs) I'm the Joker. Yeah. Okay. Then I read that Jared Leto is going to do his own Joker movie. Okay. But that was the end of the story. There was no yeah. backing so this is, to it at this all. This is where I was at, where it was like, they're doing a Joker origin story with Joaquin Phoenix. 
also they're doing over here they're doing a Joker origin with Jared or not even origin just a jo a Joker solo movie with Jared Leto and this is where I'm going what the heck is going on I'm just going to ignore this stuff till I see some trailers or some official announcements right. or something so, so the official announcement now is and this came this like landed like 2 days ago and I immediately had to throw it up for things for us mm -hmm. to talk about Joaquin Phoenix is going to be the Joker Period. They're doing a Joker origin story. Period. And from what I understand, they're focusing on the killing joke. Cool. Which is cool. Now, for those of you who don't know what the killing joke is, I know Ryan's over here shaking his head. What's the killing <laughs> joke? The killing joke is essentially an origin. It was written by Alan Moore, and it's essentially an origin for the Joker. But it's kind of like its own little side story. Because a couple things happen in the book. First off... This is the book that the Joker, aside from telling an origin story, he also kidnaps Commissioner Gordon, tortures him, puts a bullet in Barbara Gordon's back, so Batgirl is yeah. now paralyzed from the waist down, and the end of the book, Batman supposedly kills the Joker. Mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting about that is the whole Batman doesn't kill. If you read the book, it's very, it can be taken both ways. That Batman did kill the Joker, or it was just Batman captured the Joker, end of discussion. Mm -hmm. The way it plays out. But, um, and the, the book is probably one of the most iconic Joker stories, and one of the most popular Joker stories that exists. So if they're going to do the killing joke, awesome. Mm -hmm. But, that brings me to the point of, if you're going to do the killing joke, how do you do it without Batman? Because there's no talk of Batman being in it. So right. how do you do a Joker movie without Batman? <laughs> and if you are going to put Batman in it... Who's going to play Batman? Yeah. Are we bringing in Affleck? Or since we're getting rid of Jared Leto, are we going to bring in another actor to play Batman? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's kind of an interesting piece. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess... I'm Phoenix, but I can't picture him as the Joker. I Neither can I. Yeah. But that's a good we point. also said the same thing about Heath Ledger, and we said the same thing about Jared Leto. So, Jared Leto, I think I was on board with. Like, I was, he's a lanky guy, and he's a good actor, so I was on board with from the beginning. But, uh, yeah. Right, and Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger is no one thing, was yeah. on board with until we saw the trailer, and, everyone, <laughs> and all the talk went flat. Everyone went, whoa, he's the Joker. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I'm not opposed to Joaquin Phoenix. I want to trust the casting, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see where this goes. Um, the Killing Joke, if you don't want to read it, they did do a standalone, like, straight-to-DVD animated film, mm -hmm. which they wrote a piece at the beginning to kind of help explain some of Batman's motives for when the shit hits the fan, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, so when Batman goes after the Joker, his motives are a little bit uh, better explained. But once they start that part of the book, it is almost panel for panel perfect mm -hmm. um, rendition of that story. Um, so the animated version was quite good. Um, but I don't really know what to make of the Joker thing because in terms of continuity, I want, um, I'd like it to be attached to the actual continuity that DC's doing. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, with, uh, with the Joker movie with, you know, we have Aquaman coming out this December. Um, we have Wonder Woman 2 shooting right now. Yeah. Um, they just released the photos for the Shazam costume. Apparently the Shazam trailer is going to be released real soon here. Comic so Comic-Con, that would be my guess. Um, I'm hoping, so, they haven't had an Aquaman trailer yet, right? No, and I, from what I understand, that'll be released at Comic-Con. It'll be cool if they do Aquaman and Shazam at Comic-Con. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 
I love, I really love uh, Man of Steel. I really love Batman v Superman um, and Wonder Woman and Suicide Squad. I like a lot, and I just, I kind of wish they would keep that continuity and see where it goes. And I don't really know what's going on at DC right now, so I'm kind of. I'm up in the air too, yeah. just because of this standalone Joker movie. And Joker's not a character that I've ever wanted an origin for. Mm-hmm. I always wanted that, like he, Joker falls in that category of Boba Fett. I want the mystery behind. Yeah, the you character. want the mystery. Yeah, um, it's, there's that's one of my favorite parts of. Like I love a Joker solo movie, but I don't necessarily need to know everything about him. From like I like things being left to your imagination. I like there being that mystery, as you're saying, to him. So that's right. one of the coolest aspects of the character, really. So. Right. Um, so, moving on, the Emmys <coughs> were announced uh, this morning. Emmy nominations this morning. Um, okay. So we need to talk about that real briefly because the Emmys, I mean, that's that's all television. And, you know, aside from movies, the amount of TV that we end up watching, like Game of Thrones and, you know... Some of us watch all the superhero shows on the CW, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, this is real quick. The Emmys aren't until September, but I wanted to point out, I wanted to read off the best dramas and the best comedy categories for you guys. Uh, so we'll start with comedies because I think we watch a bunch of these. So com- the best comedies, the best, the list for the uh, best comedies are Atlanta, Blackish, Glow, Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Silicon Valley, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Now, of those, I've watched a bunch of these, but if you haven't watched The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Peter, you seriously should. I haven't watched it It's all. Phenom- it's, it's so good. <laughs> it's such a charming show. It's funny. It's it's fantastic. I think I've heard of it, but I don't. I can it, tell you what it, it's, it's only like about, eight episodes. But, okay. They won the Golden Globe for Best Comedy. Okay. I'm hoping they win the Emmy. I mean, it's such a good show. And I honestly, I know they're shooting right now for season two. I can't wait to see what season Sweet. two yeah. is. So, um, and that's Amazon I'll, if... Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll try to check it out. I uh, I will admit, and this might come up as the podcast goes on, I'm super picky with uh, comedy. Like, certain things I certain things really get me and certain things don't. So, well, I'll have to give it a chance. So, here you go. Marvelous Miss Maisel is a show about a comic. Like, a right. stand-up comic. Okay. And she, her husband wants to get into comedy, but he's not very good. Right. And then she goes, gets drunk one night at a family gathering, leaves the house, goes to the comedy club, goes up on stage, and just rattles off this amazing set. <laughs> and um, she, it, it was just a killer set. And then the story goes from there. Okay. However, it takes place in the 1950s. She's a 1950s housewife. She right. has no business doing this stuff in this okay. kind of society. Yeah. And it's kind of a very out-of-the-box thing. But because it's 1950s, like, Lenny Bruce is in the show. Mm-hmm. Like, they're covering these comics from back in the day that were amazing. Yeah. They talk about Red Fox. They talk about all these old original comics. Okay. But, you know, so nice. in terms of comedy... It's kind of a cool... It's... it's Retrospective. Right. And it's almost like it's almost like people. a biopic in a way. Mm. Um, so it's really, really good. Sounds cool. The drama category... I love Glow. <laughs> Ryan's a big Glow fan. I haven't, I haven't watched it. I, I haven't heard, watched I've heard that mixed yet reviews, but it sounds interesting overall. So. Season just came out; it was amazing. I've only, nice. I've only heard good things, so that's a show that I want to check out. Um, best dramas. Here you go. This is a this is an interesting list: The Americans, Handmaid's Tale, Westworld, Silicon Valley, The Crown, This Is Us, and Game of Thrones. 
Now, the interesting thing about Game of Thrones is they got, out of all the Emmy nominations, the most Emmy nominations, capping off with like 22 total nominations, whether that be supporting actresses and actors and, you know, best drama and best writing and best directing and like across the board, they got the Mm -hmm. most. Game of Thrones is coming to an end. I do see some of these, some of these other shows because Handmaid's Tale won the gold, the Emmy last year for Mm -hmm. best drama. Okay. But it didn't have to contend against Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones, because of their airing schedule, were ineligible for last year's Emmys. Okay. This year and next year, Game of Thrones is in the Emmys. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. You know, so I just wanted to touch on that real briefly. We'll find out in September. I'm planning on whether if you watch the show, Peter, if you watch the Emmys, Peter, or not, I know my butt will be in the seat for yeah. it. So I will have a. Emmy recap for you. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> we get there. I don't like watch a ton of award shows. Like I don't put like a ton of importance on them. Like as we were saying earlier, like you're the critic who matters. Like your opinion matters the most. But I, it is interesting to see. And then I always like to see like, um, for example, Game of Thrones wins or has the most nominations. So will they win? Like not win certain nominations, even though they're the best. There, but just so they have more of a variety of the winners. If there that is sense. that there is that possibility because <laughs> if you look at like Oscars, there's movies that are like Mad Max was nominated for Mad Max Fury Road was nominated for almost every category and they won almost every award except yeah. for Best Picture. So I mean that's something could, that could totally happen here, but <laughs> I don't think there's one person that you could talk to in the world who doesn't agree that Game of Thrones is the greatest television show in the history <laughs> of ever. <laughs> That's so, true. Um, if Game of Thrones, you know, whatever ends up happening with Game of Thrones, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't wait for this final season. There was something yeah. I read that um, Game of Thrones, the final season, it's only six episodes, but every episode is two hours. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a movie a week. Which is insane. So <laughs> yeah. just, and that's a series that whether I've read the books or watched the show, I always want more from that world. And not only is Game of Thrones ready to go, they're ready to go for their final season next April, but the prequel show that they're doing, which they haven't really even told us yeah, what the prequel what show is going to be, it's they they go in front of the cameras in October. So. You know, by the time Game of Thrones is done airing, you're going to turn around and you're going to have only Game of Thrones yeah. to watch. So, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I can't wait. Let's. Nice. All right, Emmys is done. Um, let's move on to Comic Con. Okay. Real briefly, it's next weekend. Right. Yeah. It's next weekend. Uh, yeah, the first day is the nineteenth. So yeah, that's, we'll that's be correct. sitting here. We'll be sitting here recording a podcast <laughs> on the first day of Comic Con. We might not have news. We might have news. We'll see if anything. Comes oh, that'll up. be that'll be really interesting to see. Um, we might have something to talk about <laughs> yeah. from a Comic Con mm-hmm. announcement. Most of the announcements will probably be over the weekend. Like the holiday yeah. panels will be Friday and Saturday. So um, the following week after that, we'll have more Comic Con news to talk. Oh, for about. sure. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, Shazam, this costume got released. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks great. I think it looks cool. It looks. Uh, yeah, it's really awesome. It, it looks like it fits in with um, the Man of Steel and Batman. Co- yeah, it fits in that, that universe. Continuity and, yeah, that we were just talking mm-hmm. about, <laughs> and it, it looks really classic, like how Shazam should look. Um, Did Shaq do a Shazam movie? That's Shaq? Kazam. Yeah, no, no Shazat Shaq did Steel. No, <laughs> but he also did Kazam. Do you know that's no. the movie where Shaq plays the genie? 
Oh. Yeah. That's called Kazam. But in the DC Universe, Shaq played Steel. He played Steel. and uh, A lot of people choose not to remember, but... A lot of people choose not to remember. I've I've only seen it once as a kid, so I don't even remember if it was good. Steel came out of the death of Superman, Ryan, Mm -hmm. where Superman died. I had that comic. uh, Everybody has that comic. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone bought it thinking to themselves, oh my gosh, this is going to be worth money, and because everyone bought it, it's not worth anything. Uh, Superman dies in the DC Universe. He's killed by Doomsday. And then they did this whole arc of the return of Superman. So if you didn't know Superman comes back to life, well, he's still in comics today, so he clearly came back to life. But he, in the return of Superman, there were five people claiming that they were Superman. You had Superboy, you had the last son of Krypton, you had Cyborg, the Cyborg Superman, who was a robot. Mm-hmm. You had all these characters, but one of them was called Steel. And it was basically this steel worker in Metropolis mm-hmm. who realized that someone needs to be the Superman because the, everyone needs that. So he built, like, this robotic suit to, you yeah. know, and he built this robotic, I'm he's like made a, of steel suit. He's like a working class Iron Man to an extent. Like, he welded himself this awesome suit and put yeah. on a Superman cape and just went out around and saved people and he had this giant like sledgehammer that he And it's funny that you too. remember Shaq being steel because that's one of those comic book movies that we tend to try <laughs> to forget. <laughs> so um not that uh, I'm not trying to be negative, that's just one of those stinkers from a long time I think, ago. I think before. Steel uh, came out, was it 1997 or somewhere around there? Because I've heard, I've heard people up, refer to 1997 as the year that, like the year movies. that killed comic book movies, because it was like Batman and Robin, Steel. I think Spawn came out, which I really like Spawn, but I know it didn't. It wasn't as successful as they hoped and stuff, so there's a lot of interest. Spawn wasn't as successful as they hoped, and there's a new one coming, if you didn't hear about that. But yeah. Hopefully um, after Comic-Con, we'll have some more details mm-hmm. on it. So, uh, Jamie Foxx is apparently playing Spawn. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Because I have high I, hopes. Well, I, I have, I have high hopes because <laughs> I want all these movies to be awesome. This is the greatest... I mean, if you're a comic book fan, this is the okay, best time. Jamie Foxx is... My take on it is this. Jamie Foxx is a good actor. Think of his voice, not how he acted, but his voice when he played Electro in Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's a Spawn voice, right? There. Oh, sure. So well, all Jamie they have Fox, to do is make him look the part. The problem is, the problem with your point about Jamie Foxx and Spider-Man 2 was Jamie Foxx before he became Electro. And that... But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like Jamie Foxx, except for... Oh, really? Jangle okay. Shank. He won me over, so I guess I like him now. Well, I mean, he, I'm not saying he's a bad actor, it's just Batman Forever had Jim Carrey as the Riddler, and it was a very specific character take, and when Jamie Foxx got to play Electro in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, before he became Electro, he was very Jim Carrey, Batman Forever, and I'm like, we're not in that comic era anymore. <laughs> we're in this, we're taking this stuff seriously. Yeah. So I'm just thinking of after he turned into Electro, I think he had a good Spawn voice going. So but we'll see. <laughs> Todd, Mc, Todd McFarlane, who created Spawn, handpicked Jamie Foxx. So yeah. that gives me high hopes. So and it, it's really cool that Todd McFarlane's like self-funding this thing, writing and directing it from the ground up. He's just doing whatever the heck he wants for this. So I'm pretty pumped for it in um, general. <laughs> do you have any more thoughts on Comic Con or Shazam? Before we move on to um, our main discussion, not really. I'm excited for Comic Con. Um, look, look forward to watching it on YouTube and. If my you don't phone, mind I'll, me asking, Ryan, where are we at with time? Do you even know? 
56 minutes. Oh, hey. <laughs> I was worried we, this was going to take us well longer than I thought, but at the same time, I was worried that either I know, we had I too much or we had 45, too but yeah, that's, that's crazy. I knew we were going a long time, though. Um, all right, so we're going to discuss our main topic, which every episode we are going to be discussing a top five list of some sort. I felt that this week, for our very first episode, we are halfway through the year 2018, so let's do our top five favorite movies from 2018 so far. Um, so the way this works, in terms of format, we're going to do the top five list, one through five, it doesn't matter. Okay? It's always meant to be a, these are my five favorites, period, it doesn't matter what they are. However, what I do want to have in there is... I want to account for a year. When we're using a year as a list, so if we were to say the top five movies in 1998, the year itself has to be ranked. So we're going to rank tonight, and then as long as it's not a year, it can be in any order you want it to be. For sure. Yeah. So, um, so Peter, <coughs> since it was my pick, I'm going to have you go first. Okay. Um, we are, in terms of our listeners, if you're going to play the home game or want to play along with us, we allowed two honorable mentions okay. at the most. Um, if you don't have any honorable mentions, that's okay. If you want to just roll the dice and go with the five, that's fine too. No, I, so. I have two honorable mentions. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go ahead. Um, so I'm probably going to get a lot of crap for this first uh, honorable mention, but Infinity War is my first honorable, honorable Infinity mention. Infinity War didn't make the list. Yes, that's correct. That's crazy. I, I liked Infinity War a lot. I loved how it ended. They made such a bold, such bold moves with the ending of the movie. Um, and that last fight scene was awesome. Probably like the first half of the movie, I felt like it moved incredibly slow. And I felt like there's parts where they would be like, okay, we need to go to this planet and do this. And then you would sit and wait for that to happen. And then they're like, okay, now we need to go do this. And I, I think that's why like it didn't it didn't rank as high. I never I never thought with the I never thought with the um the pacing of the movie is an issue. Because yeah, I was that, just I was just riveted all the way through it. So Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like no, I know, it's I know okay. this is an I'm unpopular just, opinion. No, it's not that it's, it's an unpopular yeah. opinion. Again, to each your own. I didn't expect it to make an honorable mention. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Over, so, overall I enjoyed it a lot. I just so, felt like you know, like they announced, like Thor had to go get his new axe, and he, he said he was gonna do it, and then you have to spend like twenty minutes watching him go do it, where <laughs> right. like it just felt a little bit like, okay, I know where this is going, and then I know where this is going, right. and then by the end it comes together, big epic fight scene, like awesome ending, like really took me by surprise. They really just went for it. Well, this is a part one of two in mm -hmm. a way. I mean, yeah, Marvel doesn't want to say it's a part one of two, but when you look at it, it's yeah. a part one of two. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I just think it's interesting. So when I say honorable mention, that means this didn't make Peter's <laughs> yes. cut. <laughs> yes, and I know I'll, I will, I will get cut. a lot of crap for it, but I guess I just picked my list of the top five thing, movies that I enjoyed the most. So, All right. yeah, unfortunately. Before we move on, mentions. I want to point out that I and Peter, Peter and myself, will always have a list um, that we will be doing. Ryan has said he's going to join when he feels he can join <laughs> we i realized when we were getting ready for the show that ryan's only seen like two of the movies this year <laughs> so which is totally fine mm -hmm. so ryan will join us when he feels it's pertinent for him to join us so my first honorable mention is ant-man okay um it didn't make the cut 
Um, but that's only because I felt I liked the first Ant-Man better. But in terms of the movies, I mean, it's a great movie. It mm-hmm. just didn't make the list of my top five. Yeah. So. Ant-Man was good overall. It didn't make my list either, but I right. mean, it was, I thought it was, yeah, it was good. Right. <laughs> okay, my next honorable mention, I have Rampage. Have you seen this movie? <laughs> no, have I have not. It? Okay, so Rampage is the movie that you thought wouldn't make any sense. You thought it'd be horrible. <laughs> It kind of is bad, but in based really good ways. Based on a video ways. game. Yes, based on a video game yeah, about game monsters Nintendo. destroying buildings and eating people and killing people. So, this movie is exactly what I expected it to be, which is a kind of dumb but really fun action movie, and that's pretty much what it was. Um, there's a lot of cool monsters running around tearing crap apart. Um, it really feels like the perfect movie to take, like, a younger brother or son or nephew who might be like in grade school like it just has it's a cool creature feature so i mean i don't have too much to say about it um i won't spoil anything since you guys haven't i seen forgot it, rampage came out this year and i think i saw it when i was looking up the list um yeah that's a movie that i do plan on watching eventually mm-hmm. so but it also came out on the heels of Pacific Rim. Right, <laughs> so right. So I was like, I just watched a monster movie i'll like it. i ended up seeing it because like the week i saw it it was like uh we went to the movies and it was just, hey, this movie's out. It's at the right time slot. We want to see it. And we saw it. But I enjoyed it. For the record, I think Infinity War is a much better movie than Rampage. <laughs> I just thought it, I was trying worth to mentioning. Are out of the hole of Infinity War before we um, get some I thought it was emails. worth mentioning because I thought it was fun. So Right on. Um, my second uh, honorable mention is Red Sparrow. Okay. Have you seen Red Sparrow? I saw the first half of it, but... Ryan and I went and saw it together. Um, I really, really liked it. It's, it's not what I was expecting. There was a lot of hey, this is the Black Widow movie that hasn't been happening. It it is not the Black Widow movie. Right. This is um, this is a very different movie than you'd expect it to be. But and I don't want to say a movie's got twists. Sometimes I feel like when someone tells me there's a twist in the movie, they've spoiled the movie because I'm not looking for a twist. Mm -hmm. But the way that the story revolves in and around itself i don't know if i would have ever guessed that certain things would have happened okay does that make sense yeah i'm trying to avoid the word twist because that's not what i'm looking at it's you the just way see coming it's the way the story coming. unfolds it's right. the way character the choices characters make and so on it was such a good espionage movie mm-hmm. that i really enjoyed it and okay. i mean when i saw jennifer lawrence was in it, i was going to be there anyway so yes. my butt was going to be in a seat regardless <laughs> so i like, okay, so I should probably give it another chance, because I don't know if I got far enough to see a lot of the twists. I think there's a lot of just really heavy themes and things that happen oh, at the beginning. Oh, there's a lot of heavy so, themes. And that. I think, like, uh, my wife and I tried to watch it, and I think we just got turned off by that right away, so we kind of just ended up turning it off. But oh, I'll give it another fair. chance. It's, so it's, it a... There's parts of that movie that are honestly are a rough sit. Yeah. So, okay, number five. What do you okay, put down? Okay, right. So I put Tomb Raider. Have you really? Seen yeah. I have seen Tomb Raider. Okay. Tomb Raider was awesome. Have you awesome. seen it yet or no? Okay. Um, so I think I had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, you know what? Tomb Raider is in my number five. Because <laughs> you want them ranked, right? Or no? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Can I redo that? Or, no, that's no, fine. No, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Tomb Raider since I already said it. No, dude, it's okay. For the record, I had this at number four, but I had to change the order oh. before, but well, it's okay. You want to jump to your number four and I'll just do two? Like, no, no, it's what your number four is, and I'll just do my next two picks at the same time. I mean. Oh, no, it's okay. I'll just, okay. Tomb Raider can be num- my number five. That's fine. Okay. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun with this movie. I felt like 
everything was super believable from, you know, uh, at the beginning of the movie, she's just like this bike messenger who lives in the city and like kind of like a hipster kid. And like, it just seemed like something that could really realistically happen. Right. But, and she w- but what's interesting is she is a badass. Yeah. She's like, a, her own yeah, life, like exactly. because of how she grew up and what she was taught. Mm-hmm. You know, and you they, and they showed how she's like to keep in shape. She's taking kickboxing classes and stuff. And I felt like yeah. it was like the most realistic approach to why she's able to be such a badass which later the on. video games actually the video games now are what the that new film was based off mm-hmm. of so as opposed to the Angelina Jolie movies this yeah. one um, I was sold on Tomb Raider when I found out Alicia Vandiker or yeah, yeah. I think I said her name right she was playing the character mm-hmm. I have liked her ever since the movie Ex Machina that came out in 2015. Right. That movie is astounding. If you haven't seen it, please check it out. But she, um, I was sold on the idea of this Tomb Raider movie when I found out she got cast. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I th- she looks exactly like the new version of Tomb Raider in the video games. Yeah, like they do such a good job. At yeah, it. she's. It was. I. It's a very very fun movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, by also, the way, I'm saying fun, and I mean, I'm dead serious when I say it's a fun, it's an amazing movie, it's a great ride, mm-hmm. but I sometimes feel like critics will use the word fun as a cop-out review. <laughs> oh, right, right, for sure. <laughs> like, it was fun! Um, <laughs> so. Oh, so, like, some other things I just wanted to mention is there's a really cool sneaking scene in it, too, that kind of reminded me of uh, Metal Gear Solid. I don't know if you remember the part of the movie I'm talking about. But she basically has to sneak into the enemy's camp at a point in the movie. Okay. And it's shot really cool because it's literally like sneak. It felt like to me just like playing through one of the I first remember the scene, but now I want to go back and rewatch okay. the movie and it's, check it It's out. pretty short. It's only a couple minutes long. Either way, really I'm, I'm going to go um, look at that scene. And then I also think, um, I just thought it was cool, like it's Tomb Raider and everybody's used to kind of the old games that were kind of like big, like cheesecake games like look at this hot chick but it's it's cool they didn't like overly sexualize they, her or anything yeah they, they didn't it was very it was very real badass so. chick so i don't know the movie ever since i've seen it has kind of stuck with me a little bit so that's why i picked it i know that not everybody likes it but i enjoyed it so well my number five is going to be <laughs> the one that gets all the negative opinions unpopular <laughs> yeah. is uh, my number five was black panther and that's unpopular? Well, I feel like people are like, why isn't... I feel like the people will look at that and go, why is that not ranked higher? Oh, so, I understand. you know, Black Panther is a fantastic movie, but it just did not... It just did not make the cut in terms mm-hmm. of a higher ranking. So, um, it's it's a great story. It's a great movie. Great characters. Great villains. Great action. It was such an... Um, it's such an isolated story in terms of the Marvel Universe that it was just kind of its own thing, and it was great. However, when you, as I explain my reasonings for my other rest of my list, you'll understand right. why Black Panther didn't make the cut. But. Um, Black Panther was on my list too. Actually, I had it at number three. Um, yeah, I liked every. I it was really good. Um, I think one thing with Mar with the Marvel movies that I don't always connect with is the costume designs because I feel like a lot of the movies have uh, just kind of similar uh, geometric kind of like lines going in and down across the character's chest. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about at all. As far as costume designs. As oh, yeah. The, they a did lot of them are Black like, Widow's uh, outfit. Yeah, it's, it's always like 
inward or down, like going like geometric lines on the character's chests. I've noticed it's kind of like a motif, and I like that Black Panther is just kind of off the wall, like completely different costume. Um, so that's just something I really appreciate it. Um, also, Ryan Coogler, I thought was a really good director, or he is a good director, so the cinematography in the movie is awesome. And then just awesome, great fight scenes, especially that scene in Korea when they go to the casino and there's the casino fight and then it goes into that the chase. car chase. Yeah. That was like, that was so cool. That, that was, what's interesting about Black Panther is if you watch it real closely, the first half of the movie is James Bond. Yeah. And the second sure. half of the movie is the Lion King. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That totally makes sense. And even that, the landing pad that the ships, that the aircraft take off from looks like Pride Rock. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> that's true. That, I never, so, I never even made that connection, but that's hilarious. So no, it's it's James Bond and the Lion King. And then going back to the chase scene, I just want to mention like the part where he he's on top of the car and he leans over and scratches on the ground to turn the car. I love that stuff. It's totally action figure fight scene. It's stuff, a, it's, it's not always an action figure fight scene, so but it's much. heavy comic book. Like, yeah, it's it's that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So what was your number four? Okay, so my number four is Pacific Rim Uprising. Is this on your list at all, or...? Uh, this did not make okay. my list. Okay, so we're going to talk about it. So far, as you can see, all movies are mostly just stuff I had a lot of fun with. But, uh, yeah, I thought uh, I thought this was a good follow-up to the first movie. Um, it kind of had the same kind of, I'd call it surprising action scenes, where something will happen in, a, in an action scene that's not that big of a deal, but when you see it, it takes you by surprise. For example, in this one, um, one of the beginning scenes, there's one of the characters makes her own Jaeger, and while she's, uh, she's in kind of like a chase fight scene with this much bigger Jaeger, and all of a sudden she curls into a ball and starts doing like a Sonic the Hedgehog slash Metroid sort of roll around in it, and that just, when that happened, I was like, no way that's awesome and it reminded me of the first movie when uh uh what's the main jaeger called uh gypsy danger when gypsy danger first extends its sword and it's such a just no way that's <laughs> awesome so there's a couple of scenes like that that caused me uh caught me by surprise and then i i just thought everything kind of was a good follow-up it wasn't it's not an amazing movie but both movies are kind of like a glorified B movie to an extent. Oh, they so. are. The first Pacific Rim was so good. The mon- the giant robots fighting the giant monsters. Yeah. All series. Have you seen that, Ryan? No. If you get a chance to see Pacific Rim, if you don't watch the second one, it's fine. Try and see the first one and try yeah. and see it on the largest screen you can see it on. It's it's such a f- good movie. Like it's such a gr- it's a great story for starters, but then. <laughs> it becomes this giant robots fighting giant mm-hmm. monsters. This, I mean, you watch the trailer. Yeah, go, like, go yeah, into they, it expecting Godzilla because you'll love it. If you go on expecting like Lord of the Rings or something with deep meanings, you're going to kind of Yeah, but it's, but, but it, you know, and it's done by Del Toro who, you know, just won the, you know, best director. So he knows yeah. what he's doing. But it's this, I walked into the second one with expect expectations of the first one, and it's very clear that Del Toro did not have his hands on the second one the way he had his yeah, hands on the first one. Yeah, he was one. producing it, but right. I understand what you're saying. And it was, a, I enjoyed Pacific Rim, <laughs> but I came out of that movie laughing at pieces of it. Okay. So, like, one of the things that became a big conversation topic was our brother, Scott, <laughs> basically 
could not stop talking about how there's no reasons for the robots that yeah. have the alien spikes. I just, for me, that just, yeah, there's, so there's these, all these white robots that are kind of like... They're like drones. Yeah, drones. They're ulti- uh, artificial intelligence piloting these robots, and uh, they get taken over by, like, Jaeger babies, like Jaeger. I don't even know, like, hybrid, like, not Jaeger, uh, hybrid <clears throat> kaiju, like, inside of them take over the whole robot. And when that happens, they all turn evil... So, you know, big surprise, everybody has to fight these giant robots off. But when they turn evil, they all grow giant spikes out of them. But I thought that just fit so well with how the first movie was. Like, it's that's something I could see happening in a Godzilla movie, you know? Like, the, and the more giant I, robot turns evil, of course he's going to grow spikes. And the more, like, I, think about, the and the more I think about it, you're kind of right on that aspect. Yeah. You know, so... <laughs> it, it just became a really funny conversation as right. the night went on after we saw the movie. Um, my number four is Deadpool 2. Okay. It, it was great. I liked Deadpool a lot, and I was grinning from ear to ear as I watched that movie. Like, I walked yeah. in, I sat down, the movie started, and I had a big smile on yeah. my face all the way through the movie. No, but, yeah, it was amazing. If you liked the first Deadpool, there's not a lot to say about this. <laughs> if you liked the first Deadpool, you need to see Deadpool 2. It's, yeah. It yeah. was It was fantastic. Um, so. yeah, Deadpool made my list too. Should I say where it's ranked? Well, not yet, because we're on number... You already told me what your number three is. You're oh, so... Black I'm, Panther. Yeah. Which means Deadpool 2 is higher than Black Panther yes. on your list. Yeah. So we'll wait, because okay. it, if it's number one, I don't want to know it yet. Okay. Um, so your number three was Black Panther. Well, we'll jump to mine, because we've already talked about Black Panther. Okay? Sure, yeah. My number three was Solo. Okay. And I feel that... This comes to my biased opinion of loving Star Wars. I want I want Star Wars to just be amazing all the time, and I always want more Star Wars. But Solo had... It was like this... It, it hit a home run, and for some reason, the reviews and the critics, they didn't jump on it the way that they jumped on like Force Awakens and other Star Wars movies, which is yeah. okay. Not everyone has to be a home run, but it's a great movie. The, the story of Han meeting Chewie and getting the Falcon, and like there's a big surprise at the end if you're a Star Wars mm-hmm. fan. I don't want to say it out loud because I, you know, on one hand, the spoiler policy, the movie's been out for a while yeah. and we want to be able to talk about mm-hmm. it, but to respect Ryan since he's sitting in yeah. the room with us, I do not want to mention what that big surprise is and that sure. floored me. I've been watching all the animated shows so like I know some of the backstory things yeah. that took place so when I saw this surprise I was like yeah. oh my god they really went for it so you know that's a I, I was the same way right so Solo hit every chord with me and the best part about Solo for me and this is not a spoiler but the best part about Solo for me is that you never I never questioned that it wasn't Harrison Ford Okay. I, I, it, the whole time I'm like, that's Han Solo, yeah. period. I, I it had didn't a, matter to me that it wasn't a different actor. I had a similar experience because, yeah, I wasn't sure if I would like, is it Alden Ehrenreich? Is that the yeah, actor? I so I was, I really was, that was my biggest thing is like, the movie looks good, but I don't know if I'm going to like this actor. And as soon as it started, like almost ten, first 10 seconds, I'm already sold on the guy and already having a good time. So... Yeah, I, I loved it. I loved uh, this, the surprise you mentioned at the end. It was just amazing. Like, I couldn't believe they went. Like, I could see... See, I'm tr- really trying not to give stuff away, but I could see part of it. And I was like, are they really going to do this? And then they did. And yeah, because like, the you, you can't... 
this thing that happens, Ryan, the camera, <laughs> you see part of it and then you're not sure. And then the camera spins around and yeah. you're like, holy cow. So, um, and I'm not, I don't, and I really don't want to oversell it, but yeah. it was a, for me, it was a jaw on the floor moment. I can't believe um, they went this way. And it made me really excited for the future of what Lucasfilm hopefully has mm -hmm. planned. Yeah. So, um, the only other thing I want to say is, uh, I mentioned before, character I wanted to be in there was Jabba the Hutt, and he didn't make an appearance. Spoilers, sorry. <laughs> but um, They did talk about yeah, him. Yes, yeah, he, he, he is mentioned. a very large gangster on Tatooine. <laughs> I, I loved uh, Lady Proxima. I thought that I thought that was such a cool... Like They probably won't do anything else with that character. Ever, no, they probably won't. It was a really... such a cool reveal of a character, and her design was so awesome that I was just really pumped about it. So. <laughs> yeah. I really like uh, monsters, if you guys can't tell. Right. So, <laughs> what's your number two? Solo is my number two, actually. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, which is interesting, because you're probably wondering why Solo hit lower on my list as opposed to be, you know being a big Star um, fan. But it could also be, I think you've seen a little bit more movies than I have, too, so that could factor well, into it. My, my final two movies are actually the reason we're sitting here. Okay. So if you don't mind, since we just talked about solo, since I, I can do my number to... one. No, I'll, okay. we'll cut the number one in a minute. Okay. Um. So my number two, and this was the is Infinity War. Okay. Okay, and the reason Infinity War makes it that high on my list for tonight is because I looked at, I walked out of. Let me start this over. I've been wanting to do a podcast like this for a really long time, mm -hmm. and I've wanted to sit down and be like you know. Not that necessarily that my voice needs to be heard, quote unquote, but we have these conversations anyway. We're always talking about this stuff. And then a movie like this comes along and I am floored. All right. And I walked out of that theater going, nope, I'm sorry. It's time to do this. It's time to make a podcast. I have yeah. to talk about this with people. Whether we're talking about this movie or just movies in general, this was mm. the movie that really pulled the trigger and went, holy cow, I have to watch this movie. Yeah. And there's not a lot to say about Infinity War that we haven't already said, but it made my number two because it struck that chord of, this has to be done. Yeah. But there's a reason it didn't make my number one. So we'll get to that in a moment. Fair enough. What's your number one? My number one movie this year so far is uh, Deadpool 2. I have, I think I enjoyed this movie more than any other movie I've seen this year. Um... And that's not even to say there's things I couldn't s complain about or critique about it. Like, I felt like some of the jokes didn't really land with me. Some of them were a little lame. But then, at the same time, a couple minutes later, there'd be a joke that would really make me laugh super hard. Um, so, the, another thing is, I mean, this movie's filled with so many Easter eggs. It's unbelievable. I saw a YouTube video that was like all the ones that this one YouTube channel could spot. And it was up to like 70 or 80 some. Like, it's things... You wouldn't even know. There's little pictures and numbers on signs and stuff in the background that like reference issues of comics and stuff. It's just insane how much little things they put into this movie. And also, like overall, what movie were you just talking about that you couldn't see things coming? Um, like things took you by surprise. Because that's what uh, that's what Deadpool did for me. Like I could there was like four or five moments that just took me completely... Oh, it was uh, Red Sparrow. Okay, so, that, like, I had that experience in Deadpool where just... There's four or five things, like, even within the first ten minutes that I'm just like, what the heck happened? And then they kept doing that. And I actually think, at first... Because the first Deadpool is such a cohesive film, but once they filmed... Uh, once I saw the second one, I just... 
the first one, it wasn't the same where I kind of could see where it was going, but the second one, I just enjoyed the ride so much that I think I actually like it a little bit better. So. Right on. Okay, well, my number one, which changed the view of how I look at movies, is Ready Player One. Awesome. Have you seen that yet? I have not seen this Ryan, yet. you haven't no, seen it yet either? Okay, Ready Player One. <coughs> I'll do a quick overview because I know we're running long. Where are we at with time? Hour 20. All right, so, oh, you know, that's that's not that bad. I feel like we're running long, and it'll be shorter as we, you know, probably be a little <laughs> bit less as we go late, mm-hmm. as we continue on with other episodes. But Ready Player One, the book came out a few years back. I read it because the guy who wrote the book was one of the co-writers on the movie Fanboys, Ernie Klein. Oh, wow, I didn't even know that. And that's how I, I found that. That's how I found out about the book. I was like, oh, my gosh, i got to give this a go, right? Okay. It's littered with pop culture stuff. Mm-hmm. And... I'm reading the book thinking to myself, this, I mean, yeah, this would make a great movie. And at the time, there was no movie, like, in the works. Then they announced they were going to do a movie, and they announced that Spielberg was going to direct it. I'm like, no one could do this movie other than Spielberg. Mm -hmm. I know there's going to be pop culture stuff, right? Then the trailer for the movie comes out, and my jaw is on the floor because there's no way Spielberg didn't walk into that that studio and said, look, if I'm going to do this, you need to give me all the toys. (laughs) Right, yeah. Okay. The movie is about a video game, mm-hmm. and it's a virtual reality video game that we um, that we all live in, and it's predicated on our imagination and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So you're going to see a lot of pop culture stuff. And in the book, for example, like R2-D2 is the DJ at the nightclub. Right. You know, R2-D2 didn't make the cut of the movie. That was clearly licensing thing with the movie <laughs> studios. That's fine. Right. But what's important is the fact that that's in there. And I never thought I would be shocked at the licenses that made it into this movie. I never thought that I would be surprised. Mm -hmm. So within the first 10 minutes, and this is not a spoiler, in the first 10 minutes of Ready Player One, the movie, if you are looking for it, and a lot of these are blink and you miss them, Mm -hmm. you will see Batman, Robocop, Marvin the Martian, the T-Rex from Jurassic Park, (laughs) King Kong, the 1966 Batmobile, the DeLorean from Back to the Future, the Winnebago from Spaceballs, the Iron Giant, (laughs) the Acura motorcycle. I mean, it's insane. But being a lover of movies, television, comic books, pop culture in general, whether it be Ghostbusters or Star Wars, or it doesn't matter what it is, so much of this stuff made the movie. Right. It is pure joy from beginning to end. Everything about that movie is fantastic. <laughs> so much so that I was sitting there in the theater at the end of the movie, waiting to see if there was a post credit scene, right. thinking to myself, all these movies that Hollywood's releasing is amazing. Right. Everything is awesome. <laughs> we should not be having anything negative to say. Yeah. This is fantastic. I like Batman because I like Batman. It doesn't <laughs> matter if you like Batman or not. Yeah. I, I do. You you know, for example, I'm not a Twilight fan, but someone out there is a Twilight fan, and that's right. awesome that they are, mm-hmm. and it's awesome that they have this thing that they like, whether it be books or movies. Ryan is raising his hand right now, quietly saying that he's a Twilight fan. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, so if you are a Twilight fan, that's awesome, and that's awesome that you have the books. It's awesome that you have the movies, whether you like them or not, you have them. Yeah. And you should be bowing down to these film companies saying, thank you so much for giving me this yeah. thing that I love, and stop picking it apart. But Ready Player One, man, it is pure joy from beginning to end. Nice. And there's surprises, and a lot of this, and a lot of the thing about the surprises in the movie is not is more of the oh my gosh, look at that. 
mm-hmm. oh my gosh, look at that. <laughs> Did they really yeah. put, put that on screen? Mm-hmm. And you don't think about it. The main concept of the story is very, you see a lot of it coming. Okay. I mean, there's some right. twists, but you see a lot of it coming because yeah. it's a very simple story. Right. But it's just so good mm-hmm. all the way through. Yeah. So cool. I highly, highly recommend Ready Player One. And if you're sitting at home listening to this and you haven't watched Ready Player One, you should be running to get a copy of it and watch it somehow. The Blu-ray comes out in a couple weeks. Yeah, I cannot wait to watch yeah, it like a thousand it. times. It and pause like, it like every couple of Yeah, it sounds like something cool to dissect and see what all they yeah, put in there. The, and but see, it's not just characters and vehicles. Um, do you remember the movie Crawl? Yeah. Okay, there's a scene where they use the clave from Krull. Is that the boomerang? That's the thing? boomerang weapon thing. And I, I, if I didn't, bl- if I blinked at that moment, I probably yeah. wouldn't have noticed. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's the glaive from Krull. Mm-hmm. So they really dug deep, heavy, heavy yeah. deep cuts. It's such a good movie. And when you finally get to see it, I yeah. can't wait for your review. Oh, so I, I can't wait. I uh, so please save it for the podcast. Yeah, Bring it back. For sure, for <laughs> so sure. yeah, I'm I'm excited to see all the stuff they put into it. So, uh, that brings us to the end of the list. Sweet. Um, what are we doing next week? So, the way this works, everybody, is that I <laughs> picked the list for the, the top five of 2018 thus far. We have to move on to next week's list, but I don't know what it is yet. So, Peter, what are we doing next okay, week? Okay, so uh, next week, what we are going to do, and this relates to uh, scenes that were in a couple of the movies we mentioned, including Ant-Man, Tomb Raider, <laughs> Black Panther, maybe more. But what we're going to do is the top five movie chase scenes next week. Top five movie chase scenes? Yeah, y- okay. your top five favorite. So, like, chase the entire movie of Speed. I guess you could. Like, I was thinking about that. Like, could you do the entire movie, <laughs> The Chase? No, but, but I totally yeah. understand. You, mm-hmm. want an iso- you want an isolated sequence. So, like, the Black mm-hmm. Panther chase through Korea. That's, you know, that was, yeah, a, good, exactly. that was a good sequence. So, yeah. Or it, does it have to be vehicles or can it be... I'm up for anything. Okay, like, so, it, so it could foot, be a could foot be chase. Fine, so, yeah. like, the opening chase scene of, like, Casino Royale, for example. Sure, yeah. Okay, great. If you so, want to. We'll do some digging. Almost anything from Fast and the Furious. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's eight movies of those to dig through. Um, Ryan, are you going to join us on that list? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> All right. As I said, he is our uh, our silent partner in this. Um, well, with that being said, um, that kind of wraps up our first episode. We'll be back next week discussing our top five favorite chase scenes from films <laughs> the television count to. Uh, I want to stick to films. I okay. Guess. Maybe, how about we could do honorable mentions you can include TV All right. scenes. All right, maybe there'll be a cheat in there. Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> anyway, just to let everyone know, we are currently working on a lot of building to this podcast. This is a first episode, and we're working on getting our website organized. We have the website registered. It's currently top5report.com. We'll have more details as we get closer to launch for that. But, and we're working on our social media as well, so you'll see stuff. So for right now, if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me at Drew, on Twitter at Drew3927, and it's exactly the same for Instagram, Drew3927. Peter, do you have uh, yes. social media? Um, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter um, at NinjaPierre, exactly how it sounds, Ninja, and then Pierre, like the French name. And then uh, I also have a webcomic that I post... Uh, not re- like there's not a regular schedule, but when I get a chance, I post pages on that. You can go to uh, freaksaber.com for that. It's saber spelled S A B R E. All right, Ryan, any closing remarks? Thanks, everybody. Okay, great. <laughs> and until next week, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And I'm Ryan. And good night, everybody. <laughs>